Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And we've made it to two years, Lloyd. Two years of Pod Me If You Can. It's been awesome. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, today's film is called About Time. You might have seen it. It's uh, Richard Curtis's latest. And um, if you haven't seen it, heads up, we're going to be spoiling a lot of it. This podcast, as always, is full of spoilers. And uh, a lot of the best parts of this film are in the trailer. I don't know if you saw it. <laughs> uh, i got to ask, what was your audience like when you watched this film? Well, if I'm going to be technical, it was a mums and bubs session with my little baby daughter. So uh, she's a little under two now, so um, we can still sneak her into mums and bubs. So, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of mothers, a lot of babies, not a lot of crying. And they, they must have loved it. You would think so. There were a few laughs, but... Um, for some reason, I couldn't enjoy it as much as I would have liked. Yeah, I, I personally hated this movie. I um, okay. And I saw it with a good audience as well. They loved it. They were laughing at it. And it was a lot of older couples yeah. uh, watching it. And I just felt like the grump, grumpy guy watching it going, ooh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if you remember, the listeners might remember, that... Um, we do an upcoming films podcast where we mention films we're looking forward to, and I mentioned this one. And reason being, I'm sure I gave the reason that I love time travel movies and I'm always interested to see them. But as well, I mean, I'll watch Rachel McAdams in most films, so yeah. I figured this was a no-brainer, you know? How did the rules go for you? How did they, sorry? Uh, the, the, because you're so into time travel movies and obviously you pick out... The holes, like even the great, the, one of the greatest movies of all time, Back to the Future, you noticed a lot of holes with that movie. Did yeah, you? I think there's common knowledge with those. Um, yeah. yeah, look, for me, the the main thing here is it's a bit of a stretch to have no alternate version of himself when he goes back. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes back and then there can only be one of him in each kind of version of events, I guess. Do you find it ignores the rules it sets out at the beginning and just focuses more on, I don't know, the romance of it? That, that, that's kind of the way I saw it. You know, I, I was annoyed because I didn't even think it focused on the romance that much. I thought wow. the main arc of this, the whole thing was uh, the Bill Nye, his dad. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it tried to do too much. And I thought if it was just him using time travel to try and, um, you know, win the girl... Mm. If that was the main point, and at what cost would he be with this girl? It's kind of like the butterfly effect then. Yep. yep. You know, because every time he goes back and changes something, you know, they mention the butterfly effect in this, and they're like, yep, yeah, we haven't ruined anything yet. Yeah, the price he pays for a lot of the good that he gets out of his abilities isn't that bad. Like, No, the yeah. stakes are very low. Yeah, the stakes are very low. So I felt like in the whole film, he's almost too invincible. Like, yes. um, yeah, and I don't know, it, it kind of feels like he's cheated um, this awesome life that he gets at the end. Like, he he didn't really earn it at all, did he? Like, it, it just feels like because of that ability, he's just, I don't know, manipulated um, the girl, Rachel McAdams. He's manipulated everything. I, I don't know, I just felt he cheated his way into that. I know the rules of the film with the time-travelling abilities allows for that, but uh, I don't know, just a bit of a mixed feeling there for me well i mean their meet cute when towards the beginning of the film in the dark restaurant was one of the best bits mm. you know they've got this kind of nice banter it's interesting you know they don't know what each other look like very daring as well not showing like barely. yeah having a just a black screen you know yeah. just um intriguing and then it's erased because he goes back and he can't 
he can't replicate that spontaneity of the first meeting, you know? Yeah. Um, that could have been the message of the film, that when you live things once, you know, it's real. Yeah. And then when you try and repeat things and make alterations and improve things, you know, it doesn't seem real to the other person or to you. Mm. Having this kind of pretend dialogue that you've already lived once, you know, it's, you know, unrealistic that he can... It doesn't come off as real. Like, the, the bit where he keeps bringing up the Kate Moss stuff. He goes, let's talk about Kate Moss because yeah. she loves Kate Moss and he waits at the exhibition and all that sort of stuff. Comes across more creepy each time. Yes. You know, and that didn't make this a great love story because, I don't know. You, uh, like what said, about you, the other guy? The other guy could have been a really nice guy as well. And, you know, we only get really the whole perspective from his point of view where he absolutely hates the guy because he's stolen his uh, his love, you know, at a party, pretty much. And, um, I don't know, he could have been a good guy, but we're just led to believe, okay, no, 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 she, that's not a good road for her, the best road for her is following, you know... Him. Oh, right, you're talking about the guy she had the date with, yes. the new boyfriend. Yeah, the new boyfriend. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing, is that he has, he's cheated his way into... Yes, yeah. ...getting rid of this guy, yeah, exactly. And we never see him again, there's no payoff. Yeah, but the film treats it as, uh, from his perspective, like, he, he absolutely dislikes the guy and reckons he's, like, he even says it as he walks out of the party, what a dickhead, you know? Yeah. Like, you're just like, oh, that's not fair, you know, you don't know that. You know, the other thing is, when you have a relationship with these two people on screen, I mean, mm. we know a lot about him, but what, what do we know about her? She likes Kate Moss, she's American, and... She reads manuscripts, and that's yeah. the end of her. The it, end of her character. I, development. I was about to bring up a lot of the characters here are very poorly defined um, mm. in the film, and as you say, like just saying, um, it's all about Bill Nye, who's brilliant. Is that is that how you pronounce his name? I don't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> I think it's Nye. Yeah, Nye. Uh, Bill it's Nye. a favorite of Richard Curtis. He uses him quite often. I love actually. He was featured in and the movie he did previous to this, the boat, the pirate boat, or something like that. The boat that rocked. The boat that rocked. Okay, um, yeah. So he's a favourite of uh, Richard Curtis, and he's a fantastic actor um, as well. He, I, I kind of feel like he's phoning in his his performance. He's just playing himself. He's just like, oh, I don't have to play any characters. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the thing about him, yeah, he's very similar. Yeah. In a few films, but um, I think there could have been a scene where. Like, he's often jumping back and forth through his own life mm -hmm. as well, you know? You've got to imagine that he's going back and, you know, reliving each day and things like that, the advice he gave to his son. Um, so, there could have been a moment or two where you realise this is the second time he's been there or there's some overlap in their, you know, their days. Mm -hmm. Like, when he um, is doing the sunblock on Margot Robbie, the blonde Australian from... Uh, neighbours. Yep. He goes back, he messes it up, he's going to do it again, and he walks right past Bill Nye. And um, there's sort of a knowing look on Bill Nye's face, like he knows he's about to go and have a do-over. Yeah. But it would have been better for him to say, might want to do that one again, son, yeah. you know, or something. Because he knows at this point that's what's going on. Mm. Like, more of an all-knowing kind of God um, kind of presence. He just... Yeah kind of smiles and just lets things happen and unfold and yeah but it would have been good because they're both kind of all powerful to acknowledge that yes absolutely for, for me anyway i just 
I wanted more from this and <clears throat> like I was looking forward to it, upcoming movies and all, and it it did disappoint. I was just Well afterwards, a lot of people love this and a lot of my favourite critics actually gave it a big thumbs up. And I'm really disappointed in what they say. They said, yeah, despite all its flaws, it it's the equivalent of a cinematic hug. It's a film that makes you want to call up your father. And I was just like, I didn't get any of that. I just couldn't wait for the film to end, you know? <laughs> oh, it was very long. I looked at my watch a few times. Yeah. And the fact that they had multiple kids. I'll, I'll t- oh, two hours and three minutes. Well... These are the things that extended it, and I absolutely hate. I think it's just poor craftsmanship on 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 the director's part. Like the jokes, the it, the punchline was just too long. There's a scene where she's trying on dresses, right? So yeah. She, and the whole joke is girls always go, "Do I look good in this?" And then whatever you say, they're going to say you're wrong, and they end up um, wearing the first dress that they um, yep. that they tried on. That's the joke. And we have to sit there as the audience watching a try on endless clothes. The scene for me seemed to have gone on forever. Like it just went on and on. There was another scene where um, he, the first time he makes love to um, Rachel McAdams and he basically goes back in time to relive it three times. And yep. the whole punchline is like, oh, you've only, um, you're only going to do this once or something like that. And he says, oh, give me a break. This is my first time or something. And it's just like, oh, we know the joke, you know. <laughs> well, that joke is in the trailer, like I said. Yes. Some of the best stuff in the trailer. The um, the thing is, I mean, it's it's trying to be, you know, if you could perfect your life, you go back and do everything multiple times yeah. or choose the way that you want events to unfold, what would you do? And I find it really unrealistic that he's such a nice guy that not only does he want to help himself... He wants to um, obviously be with this wonderful girl who we don't really get developed, as well as he wants to help his sister, Mm -hmm. help that playwright, help everybody. He wants to help every single person and there's not an ounce of selfishness in him. I mean, the first thing he's going to do, I think, is get some kind of money out of it. I know they mention that, you know, uh, his grandfather got money and it never brought him happiness, but, like, he's inheriting all this money anyway. Yeah. Maybe he's so well off that he never has to work, but he yet he does. He chooses a boring lawyer job, yeah. which, I don't know, it, he doesn't seem to love until he's sort of reliving each day. This Well, that's my biggest issue with the film. It's so preachy and it's so puritanical at the same time. Like, the, all the characters in this film, it's an upper middle... It's an upper class family, obviously, and they're so perfect... Everyone is so perfect. Like, there's there's not a speck of dirt on this family. Like, he's grown up with no. such a perfect life. If he didn't have this ability anyway, he'd be living very comfortably. Like, I, I just didn't see the uh, the drama, I guess. Like, And with that ability, him travelling back in time, he can just constantly perfect it. It's, I don't know, it's a very strange eerie sort of feeling i got from it and i I want to use that word again puritanical because that's what it is it's so relentlessly chasing this as you said a good guy like he's such a perfect character and the whole world of this film is shaped in that image because of that ability too perfect isn't he yeah um and I got to say another thing. I don't want to bring race into this, but how white is this movie? The only ethnic character is the lawyer. 
the I guess their boss. Everyone else is so white. It's so annoying. <laughs> it might it, be it might be a British thing more yeah, than anything. Exactly. And it's such a you know, a British thing. They have tea by the beach and that's the thing they look forward to. Oh my gosh, I wanted to scream. <laughs> let me um let me ask you a question. You know how he was reliving every day over again, um, you know, right away after this day ended kind of thing. He would do it all again and appreciate all the beauty and so mm-hmm. forth. Wouldn't he be twice as exhausted if yeah. he's, he, he's living two days every day? Absolutely. Yeah. Me- I mean, it didn't- uh, maybe physically his body won't disintegrate or anything because maybe, I don't know, maybe his body, when he goes back in time, stays like what it was then. But mentally, he'd be drained. You would think so. Afterwards, I basically talked for 10 minutes about all the things i hated about this film (laughs) got it all out like i don't know why he didn't get money just to have it you know i don't know why a person who could do any job would choose to be that lawyer especially after he found out everything well that um that brings up an interesting point that that moment you asked me like uh another brilliant a movie that's much better than this called groundhog day Mm -hmm. um explores a similar theme where you relive each day but it explores all aspects, like the dark side, the po- um, you know, and it, it brings the character back to being a really good guy. That's the whole point of the movie. Um, yeah, in this one where he's reliving each day, it's just like, oh man, you really missed out on a, a good opportunity to explore something like that. Well, a good opportunity I will bring up. I can't imagine that... He said Margot Robbie was his first love. Yeah. And I don't understand why he, she was his first love, because all he did was rub some block <laughs> on her. Um, and, you know, he has that encounter with her and the opportunity to sleep with her. Charlotte is her character. Yeah. I feel like at some point he would have gone, I'm going to sleep with her. Yeah. Like, that's what he wanted. Well, what he and could have done was slept with her, then go back in time and then... And undo her. it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what guys think. Girls think, like, he's in a committed relationship. <laughs> and even though it's as if it technically didn't happen, he's done it. And so, therefore, it has. Yeah. Like, I get that. But he's so perfect that the minute he thinks he's going to sleep with her, he goes and proposes to Rachel McAdams' mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty crazy. Yes. Like, <laughs> he takes almost sleeping with another person to realize you want to be with the person you're with. Yeah. Which I don't know. I don't think that's a great message. Um, I completely agree with you. For some reason, that scene worked on me. <laughs> <laughs> like you think? Oh, I just think he- um, like you because the character was just so perfect. When he realizes, wow, he's got the opportunity to sleep with this beautiful girl he's had a crush on for a long time, and he says, "No, I can't. I'm in love with this other girl." That's when he realizes I have to propose. I'm married because I really do love this woman. Woman. And, um, you know, for some reason that worked on me. But, yeah. Uh, Do you know what I think would have been a better thing for Richard Curtis to have happen? What's and that? I think this would be better for all cinema goers. Um, if he'd gotten into the Margot Robbie's place and then she'd come out in some lingerie, I think everyone would have enjoyed that. <laughs> and then he said, oh, you know, this isn't for me sort of thing. Like when maybe he could have been a bit dumber about it and not thought right away that they were going to sleep together. Yeah. And then we all would have seen Margot Robbie in some lingerie. <laughs> well, what's she from? She's from Neighbours, is she? She's from Neighbours, yeah. She's oh, okay. a, a former Gold Logie nominee in Australia. All right. And she's becoming big now. I heard she's in the new Martin Scorsese movie. 
Yeah, um, Wolf of Wall, Wolf of Street. Wall Street. Yeah, yeah, she's oh, getting good, good reviews for that. Yeah, good honor. Yeah, Home and Away and Neighbours, that's where they all come from. <laughs> um, all right, next uh, creepy thing from this film, besides um, when he went to the Cape Moss exhibition, I've written down, couldn't he have brought a book? Because he sits there for days. <laughs> you know, when he's Is just it for waiting. for days or just hours? Oh, I don't know. Like, I think he changes clothes. Oh, okay. I thought he just sat there all day waiting for her. Well, I mean, the thing is, he can time travel, yet he sits there for all that time. Like, I don't know. I feel like there would have been a better way to do that. Like, yeah. Anyway, um, he could have time traveled back every hour and checked if she was there. Yeah, that's true. Or something. Did you find the character of the sister likable or unrealistic? I thought, I thought she was an interesting character, but they just didn't do enough with her. She was just an excuse for the bad things to happen. You know, from the beginning when he goes, "I love her with all my heart." You know, oh, okay, she's obviously going to be the the crisis of the movie. Yeah, I mean, the thing about it was is that he loves her so much, he actually mm. takes her back in time with him. Yeah. And therefore, he doesn't love his wife that much because not only does he not tell her about it, even when her precious manuscript is destroyed, you know, he doesn't... Like, there's lots of moments where he could say, I've got to tell you something and take her back in time and, like, let her in on the secret because she's so great, like, his big love and stuff. But he doesn't. He doesn't ever do that. Mm. But he lets the sister in on it. And I think that's sort of out of this guilt that only the boys in the family can fix their lives. You know? Um, yeah, but I think, I think she was interesting. I just, like you say, I don't think she was developed enough. Yeah. Uh, Maybe she could have been the first girl who had the ability, you know? I mean, and his could have friend been as well. It's just so shocking. Or maybe it's just such an English thing. Like his, his best man is his friend that he met at, in law school. Oh, sorry, yep. as a lawyer, that's his best man. It's just like, wow. So all throughout school, I guess he didn't have too many friends. But then you look at the first party he had, the New Year's party, and then you had all kinds of people there, and none of them were ever brought back. Like, the girl he kisses was just, I guess, a friend. Like, Yeah, you know, I don't know what was with that, because it was like as if she wanted to kiss him, and then he kissed her, and she was so happy. Yeah, it looked like and a then really it was important like, moment for her, and it's... Yeah. Yeah for her not him but i didn't know why let me ask you something else did you think mary who's played by uh rachel mcadams was just a young version of his mum (laughs) um i oh geez i'd have to watch it again with that point of view what why why do you say that she had so many kind of similar characteristics (laughs) she seemed a lot like it seemed like he'd fallen in love with a young version of his mum Wow. To me? Um, yeah. I think if, if you watch it again, you will you will see it too. <laughs> yeah. It was a bit weird. And look, the uncle was interesting. You know, the one with memory problems? Yeah. Because my theory is he pretty much mentally ruined his timeline. Yeah. You know, because he overdid it, right? Yes. And I thought that could have been a really good reason to have the main character stop time traveling because he realized, you know, it did something to you. Yeah. Yep. You could have had that thing happen to Bill Nye and then him realise that it wasn't worth it. But there's no message like that. Mm. Um, the message is live each day and appreciate everything and love the people you love and tell them you love them and, you know, because you don't have all the time in the world, I guess. Yeah. 
but yeah it tried to do way too much yeah. with including the Bill Nye story and like it made the Rachel McAdams story so much less it made their great coupleness just okay like who cares if she got together with him you know and when they're married she just wants to sleep in and stuff you know it's yeah. just like it's not an epic love story yeah that's right it's yeah just a cute like we've spun so far ahead and it, like, jumped all part all past the interesting parts where they have problems they have issues but it just seems like such a perfect marriage you know they never had any of that you know all the good bits they passed over well what did he mean when he said um uh we got to break some rules and they go back in time and they're walking in the beach together as father and son like at the very end doesn't that mean they've risked the birth of the sister they've risked the birth of all his children is is that what they mean or um for that bit bill nye says you know breaking the rules going backwards whatever but they do exactly the same thing that they did yes so it's not to have any effect on the future or change anything there's no ripples okay i guess because any slight changes affects the birth of their children, right? But they didn't. They just relived that moment where they were walking on the beach. Yeah, all they okay. did was exactly what they did the first time and it didn't change a thing and they just relived it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, which is a bit pointless. I mean, the death of the dad is the climax of the film. Yep. And I feel, as I said, I think they should have focused on the relationship. Certainly that's what the trailer was selling us. Yeah. Do you... You're familiar with Love Actually? You've seen it? Yes. I actually you've didn't mind it? Love Actually. Yeah, it was all right. I think it was um, spread across enough characters that mm-hmm. you got a lot of interesting stories. Um, did you hear Hugh Grant's voice in any of this dialogue? <laughs> well, uh, that's a lot of what the reviewers were saying. Uh, Richard Curtis obviously tried to mould um, the main actor. What's his name? Um Dom uh, Gleason, I yep. think his name. Yeah, um, Gleason is it? Yeah, Gleason into Brendan Gleason's son. Yep, into uh, um, Hugh. Uh, is Hugh Grant? <laughs> um, Hugh Grant's image, pretty much. Well, yeah. I mean, I I know it's that's how he writes. That's Richard Curtis's voice and whatever. But a lot of the dialogue, I could only hear sort of Hugh Grant delivering it. You yeah. know, sort of. That's maybe the way he was directed, but... The clumsy English style. (laughs) Yeah, and I pointed that out after getting out of the movie, and then I did go online and read a lot of other people say the same thing. So I was just curious (laughs) if you um, heard it as well. Yeah. It all sort of sounds the same, I guess, Richard Curtis, you know? If you're listening to this, and you're going to keep writing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I heard this Um, is his last film that he's going to direct. I think he's just going to stick with writing. Well, I mean, even if he writes it, it's all going to sound the yes, same. Yes, absolutely. Sound like you, Grant. Yeah. Um, at that party, when he introduces himself to Mary's friend and says, I'm a friend of Mary's, he hadn't met her yet at that point. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that girlfriend say, he said he was friends with you? You know, Wouldn't that come up later? Wouldn't that bite him somehow? Yeah. It didn't? No. <laughs> As I said, there's no consequences, there was no stakes. And she was never defined as well. She was just the prostitute friend. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if that's her name in the credits as well. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Um, I'm going to pitch you maybe a a better ending, Lloyd. Yeah. What if the film had ended with him telling his own son about the power, so it was a full loop of the generation story kind of continuing? So his son is 21. Uh, when his son is whatever age, you know, you age 
the lead character up a little bit and yeah you know you were already jumping forward years and years and years yep. so you've got you know him in the father role now and you kind of have a full circle loop yeah well th- that's obviously gonna happen so you're saying have that scene have that scene yeah okay as a better ending well, what do you think it jeez, oh, yeah that would be a lot better than the ending that was already the the ending that they already have is so preachy just saying you know have a good life love everyone love uh life doesn't you know is very um short and all the rest of it and then if you have that ending yeah then you got the loop the the bloodline is yeah <laughs> but there's also a, a sort of implicit thing where he's never going to use time travel again and he's going to end yeah. it there is that sort of implied well as well with that you could have that ending where he chooses not to tell his son and yeah. he basically the gift is forgotten and it ends with him or he has all daughters or something i don't know yeah having all daughters that'd be interesting yeah, well, they, they sort of wasted it by having, like, he asks Bill Nye what he did, and he's all like, ooh, I read all the books I ever wanted multiple times, you know. <laughs> and the son's journey is, I want to get a girlfriend. You know, it makes it such a small-scale story mm. when you can affect change on a, you know, worldwide level and stuff. But yeah, it kind of reduces the scale of it all, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I was looking forward to it. I was hoping this would be a more epic love story. Sure. And, you know, maybe having um, this this time travel element, you know, progressing the love story. Mm-hmm. Maybe she does find out about it. You know, maybe it's something that, that has mental consequences and it's, you know, killing him slowly and he has to, d- to choose whether or not to continue doing it or just live normally and try and win her over, you know, because I don't know absolutely no that that sounds exactly right instead of what we got where it's just the mechanic of the film sort of worked against it where you know as we're complaining like he just shaped everything too well there was no risk for the main character and yeah yeah yeah, absolutely and not that much chemistry between them i thought no they seem like friends more than and and they're both good actors i I just blame the script i think like they, they just didn't give him room to develop or to explore their relationship. They could have had, you know, an epic choice at some point, more so than, like, his sister would have yeah. gotten hurt or he has a different child. There really wasn't much more of that. Mm. You know, that epic kind of consequences, you know, where he's changed something and there is a butterfly effect, you know. Like he... Yeah. Could have been, like, the universe telling him he wasn't meant to be with that girl sort of thing because everything he does... It doesn't work out between them or something, you know, yeah. and then he has to kind of only when he stops doing time travel altogether does he have a chance. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it worked. You said you hated it, so <laughs> So let's I, thought, um, I found it really preachy and I just found all the characters too good which make make it which made it unbelievable for me. So this brings us to our recommendation, Lloyd, and here's the opener. watch dave all right this recommendation is not so much a film as a book i consider the film to be a companion piece and uh it also has rachel mcadams in it which is why i thought i would put it down on this uh track here but it's the time traveler's wife um the novel by audrey niffenegger and um in the book it is 
the epic time travel love story that this film about time is not. And the film uh, adaptation of The Time Traveler's Wife tried to, you know, uh, do a very Hollywood version of the book. Um, They left out a lot of stuff, important stuff, and stuff that defines the characters and, you know, um, basically makes it such a great book, uh, was missing from the film. And Eric Banner does a competent job. Uh, Rachel McAdams is good. Um, It's just that what they were working with as a film um, was the bones of the book and not all the flesh, I guess I can say, Lloyd. Yeah, so you'd recommend still watching the film? As a, as a companion sure. piece to the book. I feel like the um, the book, well, if you've seen the film and you think that was pretty good, you should read the book because it's much better. It yeah. is a long book, but um, it basically jumps back and forth through these entire lives of these two people. Mm-hmm. And um, more something like that was more what I wanted from About Time and didn't get. So I, I put to you that maybe this book will um, be a much more satisfactory, <laughs> you know, time travel love story. Yeah, I remember you really uh, w- were a big fan of this book and was raving on about it and couldn't wait for the film. And then the film came out, you were like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> it was exactly like that, <laughs> to the point where we sat down in the theatre ready to watch this great movie that we were looking forward to, counting down to, watched it on the first night, you know, sat down and left the theatre and went, what the... You know, just <laughs> immediately we started talking about all the things, my wife and I, all the things that were missing that were in the book, which we'd both read. And we were like, oh, this is just garbage. And just like, because we'd read the book, the film was so much worse. And if you watch them in reverse order, the film and then the book, I'm guessing you probably have a much better time. <laughs> That's my personal opinion. But uh, Lloyd, I will let you plug our YouTube channel. Yeah, guys, check out our YouTube channel. You can find it on our website. A lot of our posts are on there at www.podmeifyoucan.com. And we review, like, they only go on for about six or seven minutes, but we review obscure movies with famous stars that you well know, such as Brad Pitt, Catherine Zeta-Jones, etc., in movies that you might not have never heard of, like, they're towards the beginning of their career, like they start in. Um, it's really interesting, and I absolutely love doing it, so you guys should definitely check it out. And uh, at the time of recording this, I think there's about 17 episodes up there. So plenty to choose from, um, you know, based on what stars you're interested in. Yep. Anyway, next time on Pod Me, if you can, we're going to be discussing The Counselor with uh, Michael Fassbender, um, Brad Pitt's in there, Penelope Cruz, Javier Bardem. It's going to be an interesting one. I was directed by Ridley uh, Scott. Yeah, it's getting some uh, some mixed reviews. So we'll be um, jumping into that next time on the show. All right, Lloyd, good to talk to you. Thanks, Dave. Awesome. All the best, guys. 